I'll tell you Absolutely what. Absolutely bloody militant today, aren't we? <laughs> I'm always militant. <laughs> apart from apart from every single time the rest of my life when I'm not because I hate authority. <laughs> but aside from that. And then what are you doing wearing those camo shorts for? Shit. How do you know I wear camo? I do wear camo shorts, you know. <laughs> I, I know. I know. The, the only photo I've seen of you is you wearing camo shorts. Really? When have I ever yeah. seen a picture? Have I ever seen you a picture before? Yeah, when you were going to centre parks and you were like stuffed in the back with loads oh, of stuck in loads the back of stuff. Of the car, yeah. yeah, yeah. And you were rocking some camo shorts. So I could only see the top half of you, but um I liked what I saw. They're my comfiest shorts as well. Yeah, they probably just chill. Yeah, totally, totally. I am glad that the uh, the football season is back because uh that month without any sport was fucking torture. <laughs> Un- unbearable what is it three oh weeks God. wasn't it yeah three weeks without anything Christ I, I don't know how we got through with it this is it you're, you're looking all, all corners of the world for, for sport and you've still had a bit of a uh, bit of a slow period yeah a lull oh, bloody hell so okay you can you can be honest with me Will now on, on the sanctity of the podcast your missus put the kibosh and you coming up this weekend didn't she she said don't you fucking dare Think for a second that you're using your annual leave to go and talk to your little podcast friend and watch some bloody Japanese nonsense. <laughs> no, it's, it's uh, probably the second um, sensible adult decision I've been forced into making this month, which is um, a, a personal best. So, yo, congratulations, me. Shout um, out to you. Well done. Shout out to me. Well done. It's, it's part of growing up. Um Yes, yeah, so my car went pop at the start of the month, and this is a month we were planning on buying a Nintendo Switch to uh, to treat ourselves a little bit. But uh, no, instead we had to spend upwards of six hundred pounds fixing the car. Fuck. And um, I know, yeah, it was proper, pro- like I was I was driving it, and it just was a bit squeaky. Like it was running fine, but it was the sort of noise that you're like, oh, I should probably get that checked out. And then um, yeah, get a call from the mechanic like three hours later. Yeah, like, I don't speak mechanic, but basically a bunch of stuff to do with my axles were done. And because of... Well, they are quite important, yeah. Relatively important, I'd say. All down the passenger side. Something to do with ball joints or some nonsense. Yeah, um, that makes a little bit of sense. Because of what... Because uh, of the damage that had done, like, the inside of my passenger side wheels were, like, rubbing on the inside of my car. Oh yeah, that's not good. Yeah, so I had to get two new tyres on top of that, on top of having basically the passenger side axles, well, the passenger side of the axles fixed. Um, and yeah, that was really nice, really nice little bill to um, to start out. I don't know what it was now. Yeah, I think it was like the day after payday. <laughs> oh, God. So it's like, right, <laughs> there you go. No, no saving for you this month, no fun. It's such a fucking racket though having a car because you spend all that time learning and it's the classic okay we've got to pay for lessons they're like 20 quid each then you've got to pay for your theory test then you've got to pay for your practical test then you've got to buy a car when you've bought the car you've got to have insurance and MOT and fucking tax and then the government says you know we wish more people would take the bus I've just paid for all this fucking money I'm using this car like I'm using this car all the time this, even if you factor out like how much you're paying for for fuel and stuff which is yeah however much a week depending on what your commute is and what you do at the weekend 
like yeah, extortion. Before you put a drop of fuel in that, that's cost you. Yeah, and whatever you spent, even if you get like a two hundred pound car, you've spent two grand. Yeah, probably. Yeah, it's a, it's fucking ridiculous. And then the racket of mechanics is just an absolute fucking sham. And I I read um, an article about a year ago that mechanics now make more money basically per hour than solicitors. That's crazy, it's isn't such, it? It's such a racket, and it is because no one knows. You don't know. There's no. a joke in Seinfeld. There's a joke in Seinfeld where George says, "You go to mechanic," and he's like. Well, you need a Johnson rod in there. Well, you better put one in then, <laughs> if I need one. Because you don't know. <laughs> you can make anything up. If you say so, yeah. sweaty geese are smoking a roll-up in a dirty pair of overalls. Like, yeah, I, I believe anything you say. Yeah. I need but, a new Johnson rod. You better get one of those. It's, it's, such, it's a really weird one, because it is really specialist knowledge, and yet anyone can learn it. Like, I'd say... You know, all due respect to all mechanics out there, I don't, I don't have a clue what I'm doing. Like, power to you, but like, it's the knowledge is out there. You know, you get people changing their brake pads and and re like doing the oil in their car all the time. Like, there are people who learn how to do it and do know how to do it, but it's just the ease and laziness of the general population that are saying, right, it's easier to just pay whatever this geezer is telling me to pay and and not have to worry about it. The work, did you take? Do you take yours to a proper like a proper garage, or do you know a guy? No, proper garage, but it's it's one of those oh, garages that like every, well, we'd we're quite lucky. Like the the garage that we all use, like me and my other half's family, like everyone goes, they've been going for years, so they're not as much of a they're not the sort of guys that are gonna be like, Oh yeah, you're gonna need four new tires, we're gonna have to replace the windscreen, like mate, I just came in here with a flat, like so <laughs> like for for example, I um I I had a flat um a while ago. Uh, and I hit a really nasty pothole and it like dented one of my alloys. So um, yeah, really bad. So I I bought a second hand alloy off eBay, like absolute dirt cheap. Um, I think it came with a tire and everything. Um, and took it to this garage that we use all the time. I was like, oh, can you just put it on for me? And they charged me twelve quid. And I was I was thinking there'd be like a flat charge of like right you've dicked us about so that's going to be seventy quid and I'd have I'd have paid it you've got to pay what you've got to pay but yeah I thought twelve quid and they washed my car as well I thought God yeah, it's like it's, it's like as soon as you walk onto the premises it's fifty quid mm. you haven't done anything kind of thing yes yeah, it's, it's a flat rate of right we've got to get you out of the hole mate what's uh, how much can we yeah. fleece you for today yeah but, I'm lucky because I I know a guy I don't I never take my car to a garage my dad introduced me. The best thing my... Sorry, Dad, if you ever listened to this. The best thing my dad ever did as a parent... Sorry, am I sorry? I'm not really sorry. Um, which introduced me to this mechanic called Jeff, who's the just... Oh, God. I tell you, when he dies, there's going to be about 10,000 people at his funeral because we're all going to be just crying because we're now going to have to pay, like, what the going rate actually is for a mechanic. You're going to have to pay the piper finally. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. And I think the amount of money he must have saved me over the years is... Like bordering on scandalous, and he just comes and like. So when I know me, when I need my MOT doing, he just will come out, and do they have MOT? Actually, do they have MOTs in North America? Do they even have that? I, I mean, know. I've never heard. I guess, of it. I guess what it is, it's yeah. For, for you don't know, it's a yearly service on your car, basically, to see that your car your car is roadworthy. That's all it is. Anyway, normally you have to take it to a garage. Just fucking about, they charge you through the arse and whatever. Anyway. Jeff will literally come to my house, pick up my car, drive it away, and then bring it back later and say it's done. And then I'll say, okay, how much was that then? And he's like, oh, 100 quid or whatever it is. And I'll go, okay, cool. He's like, yeah, just give us a ring when you got it. 
and that's it. He just disappears. <laughs> that's the whole transaction done. And then there are some times where, like Jeff's dad's got a farm. So if I if he's away or something, I'll ring him. He's like, oh yeah, just take it to the farm. And he's like, if you go to the farm, I'm like, yeah. He's like, there's a green Ford Fiesta in one of the barns. Open the passenger doors open. Leave it on the passenger seat. I'm like, all right. <laughs> So I'll just walk onto this farm in the middle of nowhere, find the barn, find the green fiesta, put the money on the seat, and I just go. And that's it. And I don't hear from Jeff. I don't hear from Jeff again until the next time something goes wrong with my car. He's like a really <laughs> weird drug dealer. It is. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. But there's been times where I got a, I got a flat when I was, God, I probably, probably like 18 or something, before I learned like you know how to change them and stuff. Mm. And I thought, you know, I should learn how to do this. I got a flat. Managed to get home just before it was completely done. Uh, I had college the next day, so I rang him, took the bus to college, came back, and he'd done it, and like not left any invoice or anything. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even know he'd done it until like two days later. And I thought, oh, has he been to my? Check the car. Car was done. It's like Jeff. Like, do I? What do I owe you? Money? He's like, oh, I don't know, like twenty quid. <laughs> so, all right, fine. <laughs> I honestly don't know. Like, I know. It's the weirdest thing. It's the weirdest thing. But he's the best. He's the best. But that's what you need, isn't it? God, you get a car. You just need some, young, some phantom yeah. geezer. Any of you young'uns driving out there, do your research on a mechanic. Don't just take it to a garage because they will fleece you completely. Especially, like, even, even if it's just, like, a peer review, like, find the garage that a lot of people use that you know. Like, I'm sure most yeah. people out there, they've got, like, yeah, I started with the garage that my dad used and... Yeah, it's just yeah. You, know, you don't don't go to a new garage because you think, oh, that, that looks nice, or that's close to my house. No, find find one that people rate because that way you're not gonna end up on some weird Channel Five documentary about cowboy mechanics. <laughs> yeah, don't just go to the garage that your car is made. Don't just go to the Toyota garage or the Alfa Romeo garage. Oh, find God, who does that? People do. Like, I t- I tell you what, I had a. Wife's- my wife's in the house, but she does do that sometimes, and I get very annoyed. That is outrageous. But, but you know, own... I won't say anything because war is bad. But you know, between you and me. Anyway, anyway, the only time I had to go to the like the brand garage, um, I used to have a, a set of Ibiza because it used to be really cool, like Cristiano Ronaldo. Can I do? I say, yeah, get you money bags. Bad boy, check me out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, such a such a crap car. It's really good. Um, and there, it was one of those ones with like the plastic sort of skirting down the side of the doors. Oh yeah, yeah. And I I can't remember for the life of me how it happened, but basically one of mine came off. I think I might have like scraped a bush or some some nonsense like that. Um, so one of mine came off, and it was one of those ones where I was just like, I can't, I can't live like this. Like the rest of my car is absolutely fine. I can't be driving around with, with these just like holes down the side of my car and be that geezer who hasn't got one. Um, so I had to go to the set garage uh, just because no, I, I looked around everywhere, like you know, your car park spares places, you know, your breakers yards. Like, does anyone yeah, do yeah. this bit of plastic? No, nah, mate. I had to go to say it. Had to wait like three days for him to order it in. Not not in the on the forecourt. That'd have been a bit ridiculous. No, yeah. And um, yeah, I think they charged me like fifty-five quid for this bit of plastic. For this bit of plastic, oh, bullshit in it. Absolute, absolute I, bullshit. One of my best ones was I was um, I was driving down the motorway to go. I was in, going into Manchester, and this is my my first ever car, which was a a D Reg 
old school D-Reg Ford Fiesta, which was basically just a box on a box on wheels. Um, but it was a great first car. It never broke. It was, like, it was like a tank. It never broke down. Anyway, it had like the um, the oh, fucking I can't remember what they're called, but the, you know the plastic fucking things that go on your wheels to hide the metal of the wheel. Like what, the plastic caps? decorative. That's it. That's it. That's it. The hubcap. As I slowed down, because I was like obviously doing 60 on the motorway, as I slowed down, my hubcap overtook me and went down the motorway. <laughs> like, in between these cars. And I got out of my car and I was like, oh shit, that was mine. Yeah, it was mine. Okay. <laughs> and, but I never got it fixed. because I was like, what's the point? It's fucking, it's like a 200 quid car. My first ever car. But yeah, I remember that vividly. You could go and spend 20% of the car's value on a new set of hubcaps. <laughs> yeah, on a new set of hubcaps. The first thing I did do with my car was get a pair of like 80 quid speakers put in the back because yes. obviously, you know, I'm 18 and why wouldn't you? And then they got robbed about three weeks after my back oh, window mate. got smashed in. Oh, sorry, no, they didn't get robbed. My back window got smashed in and they tried to take them. But my dad had built, like, had reinforced the parcel shelf because they were, <laughs> these speakers were so like heavy because they were worth so much money. They were like amazing. So he like, rigged up the parcel shelf and like attached a piece of wood to the underneath of it and then screwed the speakers into the wood and the parcel shelf. So like, so you couldn't just lift them out. You had to take out the whole parcel shelf. And the guys just smashed my back window and then tried to just rip out the speakers, but obviously they couldn't. But the back window was like 250 quid. Obviously because, you know, it's got the filament through the middle because, you know, when you know it's frosty and stuff. Like heat up and all that. Oh, mate. Yeah. I immediately took the speakers out and never put never put them back in. I <laughs> just sold them in the end. <laughs> what put am I doing? It's just ridiculous. Put them in your bath or something. Yeah, it was so dull. Ah, oh, Christ. But you got to have your music. you got to have your music when you're driving. I know. I just, I just have headphones on now because I just listen to... I don't listen to music anymore, really. I just listen to a podcast all the time. Yeah, I've, I've had to... Because my... Um, when I've had to drive my missus' car, like the aforementioned £600 fleece in... Um, of course. She she's got an old older Corsa, not older like two thousand and three. It doesn't have a, an aux input for my phone, so I've had to oh, use okay. headphones there. I can't get, I can't live with it. Like I wouldn't be able to drive full time with headphones in. Really? It's, yeah, it's no way to live. Christ, I haven't driven with, I haven't listened to speakers in my car for, I mean years, I like years and years. Do you not have an aux input like, then? Re- yeah. But I prefer the closeness of headphones, like in ear. Headf- I prefer the closeness of like in ear headphones, especially for podcasts because people are just talking. Well, yeah, just have it in the car speakers, and it's like they're in the car with you, not like some weird schizophrenic voices in your head. <laughs> Maybe that's why I prefer it. That's like the window into my psyche. <laughs> they're drowning out the ones that are telling you to kill people. Yeah, it, yeah, it drowns out the other ones that are really there. <laughs> if I can, if I've got like someone talking to me on a podcast instead. You're like uh, you're like James McAvoy in Split, but all your different personalities are just different podcast hosts. <laughs> oh, that's so true. That's so true. Oh, do you know what? I didn't mention this of the week, and. I've got to get off my chest because if I don't get off my chest, it's going to bug me. And this is probably going to annoy some people in the hockey community. And I'm sorry. I am sorry. But 
on one of the last puck soups, Greg said, and I mentioned this to you, Greg said, oh, I really appreciate all the help. We're just a small little independent thing here. Um, you know, you make the show possible and blah, blah, blah. Okay. I kind of get what he's saying because they're not backed by anybody. It is just them two doing it. But to say they're like like crowd, like a, like a, like a fan thing or like crowdfunded in some way or whatever, is just ridiculous. It's like Rihanna and Britney Spears making a super group and then saying, oh, this group came out of nothing. We're just two regular people who like music. No, it's not. You're both like professional hockey writers. You already had the show backed by Nerdist that got a massive following straight away. You already have a Patreon that's like really successful because of all that. That just irked me a little bit. Sorry, I've just got to say it to get off my chest because I'm that kind of person. I've, I've got to say, Dan, you're... you're um... Analogy. Sort of, yeah. Analogy is exactly the word I was trying to get out of my out of my failing lips. Um, for Britney Spears and Beyonce is ridiculous, <laughs> wholly <laughs> inaccurate. Like, I'd Nobody's even not. like what what Lozo's not like a a mainstream hockey writer by any stretch. Yeah, he writes he about to, hockey, he but used he's to work for the NHL. Yeah, but it sounds like every like, man and his dog work for the NHL, and it's the equivalent of saying know, oh, that chicken used like, to be in a battery farm. It's not like this, or you know, like after 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 American Machinsky said they weren't doing any more shows, loads of people got in touch and said, "Oh my god, this is like you know." I want to thank Jeff as I did. I want to thank Jeff and Greg, and it's inspired me now to start a podcast. Those guys, that's an independent podcast. That is two guys like me and you. That's what that is, like. It would be like it'd be like two acts. It'd be like I don't know, fucking Tom Cruise and who's not as famous as Tom Cruise? Let me think of somebody. No, oh, I, no, you're you're thinking of Thirty One Thoughts. Like Thirty One Thoughts is is like really famous people starting a podcast. Yeah, like Greg and Dave already had backing. They were backed by Nerdist. Dave already had another podcast. Go- well, not already, but then he then had another podcast going with Vice Sports. They already had a fan base going and a backed fan base by Nerdist. They weren't just two guys who just started a podcast. They had a huge start already. Yeah, but they're not... piggybacked off that into a podcast. They're not like Mackenzie and LeBron and and Friedman. Like, you don't see... You don't tune into Sportsnet, like the the first period intermission show, and it's bloody Lozo and Wyszynski doing Bane impressions about how the Ducks are playing. Like, it's... No, all right, fine. They're they're a tier down. Yeah. It's it's, it's like, like, um... They're a known commodity... In yeah, but they're world. they're like big independent bands. So like I I don't know. I'm not cool enough to know any big independent bands anymore. But it's like it's That's like that because I'm because I'm a dad. I'm officially not allowed to know who's uh, <laughs> who's cool. Who's cool? It's like back when when Bring Me the Horizon were massive and still independent. Like it's oh great band. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll talk about it another day. Um, <laughs> they they were great when I was sixteen. Um, Fair enough. So, so they're they're big, but it's still relatively. Yeah, they're not they're not in that upper echelon of of mega famousness. All right, I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is is that two already established hockey writers, and they are established hockey writers. You can't <laughs> work for the NHL and ESPN, and then now Lo- I know Lozo's not like at that level anymore, but. He's still a, he's still a hockey writer who gets paid to write about hockey. He's still an insider in the fact that he can go to games as press. 
and all that kind of thing. He then has another podcast with one of the companies he writes for. Greg ran Yahoo Thing, now he's a head writer at ESPN. They had a podcast backed by Nerdist, which gave them another huge, like, oh, Nerdist, like, they have a hockey podcast, I think. Like, that's why I checked it out. I was like, oh, cool, Nerdist hockey, I'll check that out. And it was good. And I'm not saying it's not good, it is, like, it's really good, and I love the show, and I love Greg and Dave. I'm one of those people who really likes Greg, and I love his writing. A lot of people get on him for, like, his takes and shit, but I really like Greg's writing, I think it's excellent. But to say, like, oh, we're just two small, humble guys who started with nothing, and now we're here, and I'm like, come on, guys, really? You know, maybe not Tom Cruise, but it's like two really well-known actors putting on a stage play and then being amazed that people turn up to it. Well, of course they're going to turn up to it. <laughs> like you're already well-known. It's like me and you. Like it's not like me and you rent a theater and put on like I don't know, fucking EastEnders the Musical or some shit, <laughs> and then like <laughs> people flock to see it and we're like, holy shit! Like people come to see this. No, it's nothing. It's not like that. They're already really established people. It just irked me. That was all. That that's another Man. poor analogy, Dad. Because even I would flock to see Stenderson the musical <laughs> only in the hopes <laughs> to see Danny Dyer belting out some <laughs> Le Miserable style Albert Square nonsense. <laughs> anyway, that was just my little thing. I had to get it out of there. And I know it's going to annoy some people, but I don't mean it in that. You know, I don't. I don't dislike Greg and Dave. I love them. I think they're brilliant, and their show's amazing. But you know. Come on, guys. I'd, I just want to let it be known that if this has started a war between Two Brits, One Puck and Puck Soup, I'm officially on the side of Puck Soup and you're getting forsaken. <laughs> At the first possible not... opportunity, I'm going to jump ship. So am I. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to bring in a third a third member yeah. of the crew and then just leave and them be. You can rail on them. <laughs> just some guy we know called, like, I don't know, just some guy. Called Dan. Shut up, you. You know nothing. Yeah. Oh dear. All right then. Should we, should we get on to it? Um, should, we start, should we start with sad news first? Like the actual sad news, not even jokey sad news. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Stan Mikita. Um, 78. Jesus, what an age. Fair play. Good, good uh, innings. 1400, yeah, great innings. 1400 games, all for the, well, around that, all for the Blackhawks. Uh, won the cup in 61, I'm going to say. Um, Close to 1,500 points, I think it was. I remember. Um, yeah, a couple of Hart trophies. Um, some Art Rosses, I remember. I, I read that as well. A um, couple of yeah, Hart trophies, I, nothing major. Yeah, nothing major. You know, won a Stanley Cup. Um, which sucks is like... Like 2015, his wife said that, um, you know, his mind's completely gone and he got dementia, which is just... That's just awful, you know? Um, that's one of those things that really scares me. Um, and he's going to donate his brain um, to science for CTE, which is another great thing. Um, yeah, shout out to Stan Makita, a true legend. And, of course, um, one of the reasons he's famous as well is for the uh, appearance of Stan Makita's donut place in Wayne's World, which was uh, something, I, which is something I've always loved and a film I've always loved. So for that, for, if no other reason than for that, I was, uh, I was sad that he's, uh, he's passed away. Yeah, I mean he's he's a massive part of of hockey history. Um, yeah, he's you know, he's he's not necessarily the most well known in in mainstream sort of streams. Uh, no, true. He's he's definitely a bit of a legacy player, but he's he was a fantastic talent from from the sounds of it. I wasn't there in the sixties. I'll uh, I'll be the first to admit that. But uh, the impact <laughs> he had on the 
of the Blackhawks franchise alone, and let alone the rest of the league, is is absolutely incredible. And and yeah, like you say, seventy eight incredible innings for for a guy who who played in an era without a helmet. Like it's that's just just boggles my mind. It's yeah, yeah. Pour one out for Stan Mikita wherever you are. Yeah, definitely, definitely. They said that he did something to his stick, didn't he? Like he curved his stick or like to like just a crazy degree. So yeah. his shots were always like his shots were completely wacky, and you could never really sort of track the sh- not that it was tracking, but you couldn't even sort of realize where the shot was going and stuff like that. So, and he it, he was it, a reason that the NHL brought in a rule about how curved your sticks allowed to yeah, be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll you know that's like I love stuff like that. I love like when people you know just like think outside the box. I think it's because you need those people. You need those people. It's like um, you like Ellen McCarthy who sailed around the world, and you're like, well, why? Why would you do that? We need those people who l- don't look at things the same way that everyone else does. So Stan McKee looks at his stick and thinks, hmm, how far can I bend it and it's still workable? Let's try this. Or, then, or even just what will happen if I bend it really yeah. far? Like a lot of players back in the day, that, that's your stick. Okay, thanks. And off they go. That's it. Whereas he's looking at every part of the game and like like you say, like looking at the stick and just thinking, hmm, what can I do with this? This is interesting. It's, it's that old money ball thing of how can you get that extra 2% advantage on your opponent? And Yeah, definitely. Having a having a, um, a bloody lamppost of a stick is uh, how Stan McKeever <laughs> thought he could do it. Definitely, definitely. Anyway, yeah, RIP Stan McKeever. Shout out to you, sir. Um, okay, what do you want to go with? Because um, it's it's kind of lots of signings, and then maybe something else at the end if we've got time. I was going to say, should we try and try and smash through the signings? Um, I've yeah, got and I've got a list and up. Trades and well, you got a list, nice. Well, I've got the, the old pad. Well, check me out. There's a wonderful website called CapFriendly dot com. Who uh, everyone should check out if you haven't heard of them already. Little known in can the you, hockey community. Yeah, can you... Spell that for me. I just need to go on that. I'll check that now. I no, I can't spell it. Um, I'm unable oh, to. Sorry. Fine. Okay. Go on then. Should we start with the uh, the polarizing one, Dan? <laughs> yeah, Kevin Hayes for a year. Interesting. Um, well, it's funny. It's, all right, we can start with Kevin Hayes if you want. Like, yeah. All right, go on then. To to me, that says that. Um, yeah, it was it was awarded out of arbitration. Fair enough. But the fact that they that the Rangers couldn't agree on, on a longer term deal with with Hazy is um yeah my, my good mate Hazy um is saying that <laughs> either way one one party wants to move move on like I I don't think the Rangers necessarily see him as part of their long term future when you know they no. think you think they've got Zabanajad who's already established but he's still a very young player and he's already their top line centre and probably will be for quite some time. They've got Leas Anderson coming through him, Philip Heal. Um, they're pretty set, in theory, down the middle for, for quite some time. And hey, they've even locked up Vlad Nemestikov for a couple of years, and he could play centre if needs be. So I think they probably just see him as surplus to requirements. And at some point in the season, they'll they'll trade him off, get a decent haul for him because he's a good player. He'd be second yeah, line centre on a whole load of teams. And um, yeah, that'll be that. Probably, probably smart move by by the Rangers. Like, at some point, you have to free up room in your roster to play your young players in important positions. You know, you can't. There's only so much you're going to learn by being a fourth line or third line centre if you're meant to be a top six player. So, 
yeah, good way to do it. It's it's not a bad contract as well for a second line centre, five point one seven five mil. Um, I think that's about it, Dan. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. Yeah, by the end, I suppose, like you say, obviously one side is not looking at staying there for too long. Um, I don't know. I I just had visions that he might be somebody that you want to keep around. He's only twenty six. It's not like he's you know thirty thirty one. And if you're looking at a twenty six year old already, is sort of trade bait come that time. I don't know. It, it just surprised me a little bit. I was, uh... but then saying that, you know, I guess if you, you know, you get it, you're going to get, you are going to get a decent haul for him. So, and if you are still in the process of a rebuild, then it makes sense, I suppose. But I think, um, I yeah, it'll be interesting if, yeah, we, we may never know this, but if it is the Rangers that have moved on rather than Kevin Hayes saying, look, I don't want to be part of this rebuild and only choosing to sign a one year deal to get to UFA status. But yeah. this is a real... If it is the Rangers that have chosen this, it's a real sign that they're committed to this rebuild, that they're moving on yeah, from completely. from players of Hayes' calibre and, and relative age. But then, of course, you can't always have like a team of young guys because in the end, you'll need to get paid. So, I don't know. I mean, do they have needs in other... Pl- I mean, I guess... Do they have needs in other places? I'm just looking at their roster now. Um, I mean, I think they need D-men. They, they've not got many... Actually. They've not got many young D-men coming through. Uh, they've obviously got Shattenkirk, they've got Bridge Shea, um, they've got Tony D'Angelo, Neil Pioink. Uh I think they've got a couple of um, D prospects, but as far as I'm aware, there's nobody that's like... Standard. You know, gonna, yeah, nobody's going to blow your socks off sort of thing. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, What's nobody... That? Okay, yeah. So they've got, yeah, they haven't got any extra draft picks this year. So yeah, I suppose it's worth. Yeah, if you're going to rebuild properly, you want to rebuild for the long term. Uh, they might, they do have an extra draft pick this year. Uh, it's either going to be second, Tampa. Yeah, well, it might become a first. It's, it's Tampa's second, which becomes a first if they win oh, the uh, yeah, if they, they win, win the cup, cup yeah, from yeah, the yeah. McDonough trade. Yeah, but yeah. Um, yes, it could be. So yeah, I, th- I think it's it's one of those moves that. It might not be, you know, in, a, in an ideal world, you want to keep a player like Kevin Hayes, but it could be quite a sort of stringent move by the by the Rangers front office, Jeff Gorton and all. You know, yeah. it could prove to be, you know, because if, if, if Anderson and Heatle prove to be the players that they are, that they could be, they're going to surpass Hayes on the depth chart at some point. And then if you can turn Kevin Hayes into an asset, power to you. Because they could get another, I mean, Chances are, if he has a good season, come the trade deadline, they can get another late first rounder out of him. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And, and what more do you want out of life? I'm sure Boston will be happy to give up as many draft picks as they can. Kevin <laughs> <laughs> <Every> Hayes. <laughs> I wonder if he. Um, I wonder if he ends up there in in free agency. But that's a that's a podcast probably at least another seven months down the line. I'd say. Yeah, for sure, for sure. All right, go on then. Should we? Uh, Let's do it. Well, I was going to say, should we keep it within the family and, uh, and move on to Brady Shea quickly? Nah, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't mind that deal. I've got I nothing really. No crazy takes on that one. Yeah, this um, is it. I think it's it's a bit like Matt Dumber. You just he's he's a good young D man. You've got to pay him as if he's going to carry on being a good young D man. Um, yeah, I think there's a chance he can get a lot better. So. And and as we were just saying, they haven't got much in the way of D prospects. He's been a good no. D man for him. He's eaten minutes. He, you know, he hasn't put up gaudy numbers, but he's played some serious situations for him. And 
yeah, he's your best young D man. You got you got to pay to keep your players sometimes, haven't you? Yeah, it's that thing that we say like, oh, just trade him. Well, no, sometimes you have to pay players, um, and that's <laughs> every, the way it is. Every now and again, um, and the other thing about uh, Brady Shea that's, that's quite interesting um, in his uh, he's, he's got two full seasons under his belt now with the Rangers, where he's played you know a decent number of games. He's played uh, 162 games over two seasons. That's only two he's missed. And um, that's two seasons where he scored over 20 points, which, you know, that's nothing to, to turn your nose up at for a young, no, young D-man. Yeah. And um, there's another player recently uh, who's who's had a bit of a payday and has, <laughs> has also had two seasons where he scored over 20 points. <laughs> But I'm a but here's the twist, God, oh, go on. What here's, is the twist? Here's, here's the twist, folks. This player, who the aforementioned uh, <laughs> Will Everett has mentioned, who has scored over 20 points, right? He's not a D-man. Oh, Where's the goalie? Can you believe it? Yep, it's all assists. It's all secondary assists. Ah... <laughs> 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 uh, do you know what? Go on, you go first because I've got maybe a bit of a different take here. So I'll let you go. Uh, no, oh, no, I don't want to hear how this is going to go. Um, Come on. All right. So, so for those who haven't cottoned on to what we're what we're uh, hinting at, Tom Wilson, he's got six years, five point one six million. Um, oh, should we should we should we quickly go back and I'll just say, um, oh, let me let me get it in front of me. Brady Shea got six years at 5.25 million per season and Kevin Hayes got one year at 5.175 million and will be a UFA at the end of this season. There you go. That's some professionalism right there. Um, Tom Wilson, six years, over 5 million um, for a right winger. He's definitely a right winger. Uh, He's what some would call a power forward. Um, uh, scored a career high in points last season. Congratulations to him. Deserves a payday after that. Um, the problem is he only scored 35 points while spending a hell of a lot of time with uh, Evgeny Kuznetsov and Alex Ovechkin on the Capitals' de facto top line. Um, scored double digits in goals for the first time in his five-year career. And he's getting paid well over $30 million for, for that incredible production. And and not only that, he's he's a guy who, you know, you might be familiar with him, probably not for his uh, for his uh, offensive output, but more for his offensive output in the way that he uh, <laughs> chooses oh, to I try one, and... I saw that one coming a mile off. That was beautiful. That's, uh, I, played. I, I didn't see it coming, <laughs> off, coming a mile off. No, so it was good. It was good. Um, yeah, he's he's probably more known for his uh for his exploits in the penalty box than he is on on the actual ice in front of the goal. So for for me, it's a terrible deal. He he's an RFA for another like two years after this. Well, not anymore, but he would have been. Um, and like he's sure he's filled in a spot on the top line, which you know that that is something that really is something. Like it's it's hard to do. I'm not saying I can go in and, and put up 30, 35 points playing on the line with Ovi and, and Kuzi. Like, I'm not saying I'm a better hockey player than Tom Wilson, but he's not... It, yeah, it's, it's borderline. You could flip a coin. 
he's not worth that money. The Capitals didn't have to pay him that money. And it really reeks of just old school hockey thinking combined with the fact that they won a cup and he had he had a decent playoffs, 15 points in 21 games. That's not bad in the slightest. But it's just unnecessary. And for a player that has a chance of, you know, missing some significant time in the future, because, you know, He's only a couple more bad bad hits away from getting a Rafi Torres treatment, I think. Cause he's been in and out of the um of the hearings so many times that, you know, he's made a name for himself. If he carries on playing the way he's been playing, it's gonna come back and bite him at some point. All points I agree with. <laughs> Except But maybe. <laughs> Just hear me out for a second. All right, no. I'm going to say, just to clarify this immediately, I don't think this is a good contract. Let's not go crazy here, okay? I've clearly suffered concussions in my life, as is evidenced by my lack of memory on this podcast from just completely forgetting things from like the week before. But I've not been so concussed, I think this is a good deal. It's not a good deal. However, I don't believe it's as terrible as everyone says it is. I think it's just bordering on... It's pretty bad. But I don't think it's horrific. For starters, he's only 24. He has the chance to develop more. We were just talking about um, Brady Shea. Okay. Yes, again. I'm not trying to compare the two. Both younger guys, though. Wilson. Okay, 24. He's got a chance to improve. He's playing on a good team. They can now say to him, okay, let's maybe now cut out these things and let's try and work even more on these things. Now, these are all things that if he doesn't do, clearly it's still a bad deal because, you know, like I say, uh, it's not great. There is something there, former first round pick. He has got skills. You don't pick someone like, what was he, 15th, 16th or something like that? I wouldn't say 14th, but... Yeah, I'll take it, yeah. In the te- mid-teens, he was a mid-teens first-round pick. He was a team. So he clearly, he clearly had. Who was the team who picked him? Uh, the Washington. No, no, I say he was the teenth. Oh, sorry, he's the teenth. Sorry, yes. Um, he's clearly has some. He has clearly has some ability there. Now, with the cap going up, maybe in a few years, five million. Nah, it's kind of around about the league average. And then when he's coming into like 27, 28, maybe it's a be- maybe it looks like a good deal then. And I'll come back to this. I will come back to this now forever and forever and a day. We cannot say for sure anymore in hockey with any definity, any definitive reasoning that something is guaranteed to happen or not. Because as I keep saying, the Washington, Cap- Washington Capitals just beat the Vegas Golden Knights for the Stanley Cup. And I and I saw I saw a headline that um, Sean McIndoe put out on Twitter, which was, the headline was, the league's third highest scorer has just signed his one-year contract with the Stanley Cup finalists. And it was William Carlson and the Vegas Golden Knights. What? <laughs> like, if you'd wrote that in a year ago, like, no one would have, nobody in the world would have picked those two things to go together. So I think, yeah, this deal for Wilson... It's not great. Again, the cup thing. He played on that top line. He had his best. He had a good postseason. 
I think um, either Rob Volman or uh, Micah, the stats guys, they put on that while he is terrible for penalty minutes, when he's playing with Ovi and uh, Kuznetsov, they do produce more seemingly with him on their line. It's a bizarre thing. It's a really weird dichotomy, though it works together. And they may be thinking, hang on a minute now. He's had a good postseason. Now he's got a taste of what he can do. I think he does. And obviously his agents, you know, going to pump him off. Of course he is. And they just thought, right, we'll just we'll just pay him. And I do think, I do think, during the postseason, there was something about Tom Wilson in those games that maybe did have an effect on teams. Now, that may be because they thought, oh God, there's Tom Wilson, my career might be over. <laughs> like, with his like... In, in the case of William Carlson. Yeah, in the case of late hits and things like that. But, whatever it was, it worked. And, yeah. That's my seemingly mild take. I can... I can see where you're coming from in like a hockey voodoo mystic, yeah, nonsense like in an intangibles argument. Yeah, I, I can get it. That's what I mean, and I think, and again, we're talking about GMs here, who, you know, sometimes just make these decisions and look at things and goes, "Oh, that's my kind of guy. I like that kind of guy. Let's sign him," and that's it. My, the thing that I keep coming back to with the problem with this Tom Wilson contract, it's all well and good saying he could, you know, this could be the start of it. He could be finally working it out. If he cuts out the bad penalties, you know, finally finds that scoring touch that he obviously had at one point. I think he was a decent scorer in junior. Like, he obviously must have been decent to be drafted 16th. Um, I mean... No, he wasn't a decent scorer in junior. Um, yeah, I'm just checking. Yeah, no. yeah, he had his his draft plus one was uh, 58 points in 48 games. His draft year was 27 points in 49 games. So he's always been a bit of a meathead. Um, <laughs> but but yeah, I, I'm I'm fine with you, know, Brian McClellan thinking right. Yeah, he he makes Ovi and Kuzi tick. Yada yada yada. All the good points that you just made, Dan. But I still come back to those RFA years. He's 24. He's got at least two more RFA years left. No, yeah, you're right. You're right. They, they didn't have to get. They could have given him like a one by four. Held that. If they'd have given him one by six and said like, right, run with it, see what you can do, that would have made more sense than the locking him up long term, which you could do next year. Because I could easily like. I feel like this is just another contract that the Capitals are going to end up buying out in the next lockout. You know, Tom Wilson, TJ Oshie, hell, maybe Braden Holby at the rate he's going. Um, yeah, it's. I, I think it's just Brian McClellan thinking, ah, whatever, maybe maybe I can get the magic eraser out in a couple of years. <laughs> Bearing in mind this team just won the cup. <laughs> and you're like, yeah, Holby, trash. Oshie, no good, like, done buying them out <laughs> like <laughs> littered with terrible contracts yeah. for terrible players Alex Mitchell all rubbish players <laughs> yeah we just won the there is something to it though there is something like I'm saying there's something to it that's there's something about maybe some players just I don't know 
Because again, for all the stats and all the people who were saying, everybody who predicted, and I keep coming back to this, the fucking only person I saw predict the cup final was the guy who flipped a coin. He was the only guy I saw predict that cup final. And you can have all the stats you want and all the reasonings you want, but sometimes there is just something that clicks about a team. And if Brian McClellan's thinking, ah, oh, fuck it, I'll just keep this team together, then Wilson's going to get paid. And I get it, you know, fucking, you know, his RFA years and shit, but again, we're talking about GMs here who, if they just take a lag into play, it doesn't matter what's happening. They just think, oh, yeah, we'll sign him. And that's it. I'll have to cut your jib, boy. Let's throw some money at you. <laughs> yeah. Like, what are you, jib? He's, he's like a, like a, you know, it's a, players get their stats inflated by playing with like Crosby and McDavid and you know, all those sort of players like yeah, yeah. Tom Wilson's like the sort of opposite where players get their <laughs> stats inflated by playing with him but he has nothing to show for it yeah it's true it's so weird it's so weird we need a name for that we need to coin a trademark name uh, I'd... it needs to be some weird anti He's the anti-inflator or something like, like, like that. A, like a stat donator. He oh, sacrifices his own, to, his own to, to give to other people. Yeah, he's a stat donator. Oh, I like that. I like that a lot. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Trademarked. Heard it here first. I'd love to... If we'd have done some proper revision, we'd have done, a, done some with or without use for, <laughs> for Tom Wilson. Revision? What? Um, Revi- yeah. Yeah. I didn't, God, dude, I didn't revise my school exams. I'm not revising for this. <laughs> I think I, I've got more chance of revising for this than, uh, than anything else. <laughs> That's true. All right, what do y'all go with next? Uh, have I got the run sheet in front of me? That's the question. Um, John Gibson? Yeah, John Gibson might as well. That's the one I've got written down. Um, the only note I have is good deal. Daniel yeah, off the floor. <laughs> I I go further. I think I think it's a very good deal. I I like this deal. Um, I always think it's good if you've got a goalie that's. I think Gibson's underrated. I read on what website was I on? Ah, oh, Jesus Christ! I might be wrong. I might be wrong on this as well. So again, concussion may be talking, but I'm sure John Gibson's got like since. I think guys who've played at least so like 150 games. He's got like the highest career save percentage in that time. That's crazy. Over any over anybody. Who were the three names I saw? There was Hashek. Ah. It was Hashek, Dryden, and someone else. Oh, Tukarask. Tukarask. So And he's got the he's highest clearly, out of He's got the anyone. highest of anybody who's played at least 150 games since it was like nineteen fifty three or something like that. Which is, you know, that's ridiculous. I, I would never, I would never have picked John Gibson. Like you could have given me, God, a hundred guesses, and I wouldn't have picked John Gibson. Well, I mean, all that time. he so, was, yeah. When he first broke into the league, he he did really well as a young goalie. He was heralded from uh yeah. from the start, sort of thing. So, yeah, I can, I can, I can get that. And he's and he's performed. He's established himself as a number one goalie for for a team that, you know, is still good still meant to be good um yeah and and it's what it's very similar to the uh to the Connor Hillier but deal like yeah I was just gonna say that it's if he carries on the way he's he's playing at the moment it's gonna be an absolute steal when you got you know 
players out there getting paid ten and a half million for for being in goal, eight million, whatever. The way yeah, that fifteen point fifteen point forwards are getting five and a half, like five, just over five million. Yeah, abs- absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> just disgusting. Um, yes, I th- I think it's a, yeah, I think it's a great deal. I really do. Uh, great bit of business. Um, the Ducks now just need to, you know, maybe themselves start looking at doing some rebuilding of some kind. Maybe jettisoning um, a couple of players that they probably shouldn't have paid all that money to, especially ones yeah. who barely played 40 games last season. Yeah, that's very true. Very true. And they seem to have lots of money tied up in for the next sort of three years. Christ, yeah, that that's going to be an ugly scene in a couple of years, isn't it? The Ducks, are, I, think, I think they're all right okay. for this year and probably next year, but then season after that, like they are going to be nasty. I mean, they, I mean nasty. they do need to start now, basically. I would I would you know um <sighs> two two out of well for sure Ryan Kessler and then for me, for sure Ryan Kessler and then one of either Perry or Getzlaff. Just what has to go. Yeah. I I just oh. just cash in now. Get what you can. Get the money cool. off the books. Corey Perry's the first name on that list for me. Like he's been, he was diabolical last year. He's he's their highest paid player as well. He gets more than gets left does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. It's awful. Like he's he is not the player he was once upon a time. No, um, I agree. He's he's basically Bobby Ryan now, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, Bobby Ryan. We'll talk about them in a bit. Poor, poor Alpha Boy Ryan. It's been a while since we've done a uh, sense cast. It's because bloody <laughs> nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. What but, with the sense um, or just in or like trade just, and stuff? Just, just, just in general, like you, especially now that all the arbitrations out of the way, like there's like dick all has happened. I, like the last signing was five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's why we've gone to a uh, a bi-monthly schedule. That's why. I got it. Yeah, John Gibson. Yeah, so, good, yeah. nice, thanks. We like that. We like that deal. We like that deal. Well done, uh, well done, Bob Murray. Another deal I like. Um, I don't know your thoughts on this, but I assume you might. Is a uh, Wild Bill getting a year five point two five? Yeah, I think that makes makes good makes great sense. I like that. Yeah, sensible move from the uh, the Golden Knights. Um, how, yeah. how long is it going to be until they drop the Golden? Because it's blatantly going to happen. The Las Vegas Knights. Yeah, why did they pick the Golden Knights? I think because they because they had to because like the the oh, London yeah, it's the London Knights, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, you're right. Um, and you always want well, to be the Golden Knights anyway. They can't then, can they? I think they, they sort of can. <laughs> They sort of can. Maybe like no one will notice. If they're always officially the Golden Knights, but then like, just you know, in in uh, in As, society yeah, they become the Knights. Yeah, it's like Man United. No one, everyone calls them United. There's loads of teams United after their name, but Man United is United. It's United, it? yeah, 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 and, and like nobody even else is. Fans say United, <laughs> but their team is also United. But they, they don't are. Say <laughs> I love all these. Uh, all these. Uh, teams coming from cities and towns with more than one team calling themselves United. Like, eh? Well, you're not that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Your arch rivals aren't Liverpool. It's Man City, Manchester City, the same city you're bloody from. Like, 
It's like Celtic oh, being Glasgow United. Uh, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, United and Liverpool have a massive, massive, long-standing history of of loathing each other. But the default, you know, the default rivalry is is Manchester City. It is. But Liverpool, Liverpool, mind you, is like is the most outside of the World Cup. It's the most watched football game in the world. Seriously. Yeah. It's crazy. Last. Last viewings was I think it was seven hundred and fifty million. Jesus that Christ! And next was obviously um, Barca Real, which I think was five hundred and something. I read that somewhere. I was on that was on a stats page or something somewhere. Uh-huh. That, that 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 puts into perspective like the the viewing the figures for yeah yeah for like the statue of that rivalry. Yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? It always makes me laugh, like. Like Americans always talk about, you know. I must admit, like a lot of Americans, like on like on my Twitter feed, initially, like seem to be getting more understanding of the, like the World Cup and what it means mm. to countries and stuff. A lot of Americans I saw, like okay, like now I kind of get it. I understand what it's all about now. But um, it makes me laugh when they talk because like the Super Bowl is the biggest thing in America and it gets like 150 million viewers. And I was thinking, Christ, if the World Cup got 150 million viewers, everyone at FIFA would kill themselves. Like, literally kill themselves. <laughs> we wasted all that money like, on bribes and we got yeah. nothing out of it. Like, then the World Cup final gets, it gets like 2.4 billion or something, doesn't it? It's like an insane figure. It's an insane figure. And that's what I mean, like, Liverpool, Man U, in the season, not for a cup, not for anything, it's just a game in the season, got like 750 million viewers worldwide. It's just that's ridiculous. Absolutely mad. And they're not even two of the best teams in their own league, like... No, <laughs> they finished, what, second and fourth? Tottenham finished third, didn't they? So they finished like second and fourth. <laughs> and City Loopy. just like coasted it. City just coasted it. But there you go, like, what is it with... Manchester and football, like because United are the United, and then Man City are City by default. Oh yeah, and like you say, there are a thousand United, a thousand cities. But if you say United, it's Man United. If you say City, it's Man City. Especially if you say City, City, United. Yeah, you're right. Why is that? I don't know why that is. I don't know why that is. That's like how point. how Manchester has become like the the heart of English football. Well. It has because they've been the two most successful teams in like in the Premier League. Well, City are now, City will be, City United over the next few years will be like you know, they're just the two dominant forces. Wait, Salford City or uh, Manchester City? <laughs> yeah, because like yeah, because like down south, do you guys have an understanding of how big Liverpool Man U is, or do you look at it like we look at Arsenal Tottenham? I mean, which is which is like, just to be honest, I like watching. I like, I'm like, oh, cool, Arsenal, Tottenham, can't wait for that. But I don't really get it because it's Arsenal and Tottenham. I'm not from there. I don't understand. Yeah, I can't, I can't like, speak for all other Southerners, but yeah, to me, it's just another rivalry. Like I, I understand because I've been told that it's like the like the old firm or whatever. Or, but yeah, to me, it's just another rivalry. It's like like you say, Arsenal, Tottenham, or like. You know, Pompey Southampton, like Newcastle Sunderland. Yeah. Like it's it's one of the rivalries, but I don't I can't Yeah, I can't connect with it in the same way that I assume people from, from Manchester do. Yeah. No, it is mad. It's it's totally ridiculous. The Like you can like when you're up here you can you can probably feel it. You get like a it's like a it's like 
I don't know because because everyone around me like even like I live in Cheshire and there's I see more city tops now than I used to probably because city fans aren't now not embarrassed but thinking oh for fuck's sake if I just if I wear my top I'm just gonna get a shit ton of abuse off people laughing at me or whatever because we're in the second division or the first division or whatever but now you can kind of you know now they can wear their colours of pride which is great but it's it's ninety percent Man U or Liverpool around here. There's there's nothing else. Um, but then you're on again, the Liverpool side of Manchester, aren't you? We're 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 right in the middle. Yeah. So we yeah. we form we're like a perfect kind of triangle between the two. Um, we're like the point of the triangle, and those two are the other you know the other two points. So we kind of we kind of get the drop off of everybody. Because mm. um, if I go ten minutes. One way, I get I get to like Altrincham, which is basically South Manchester. If I go ten minutes the other way, I get to Runcorn, which is basically like you know kind of South Liverpool base almost, um, which is a bit mad, but it does make for a fun atmosphere when you like when the games are on and you're and you're here. It's very cool. Anyway, <laughs> I read a really good um, yeah young young person's book when I was a young person called uh, Julie and Me and Michael Owen Makes Free. Quality, quality, quality uh, fiction for, for your young boys out there. Um, it's yeah. about it's about some kid. I think he must live like fictionally very much in your sort of neck of the woods. Like, okay. Right between, between Liverpool and Manchester. And uh, he apparently looks like Chris Evans without the glasses. Um, Hang on, do you mean English Chris Evans or Captain America Chris oh, Evans? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> the original Chris Radio, Evans. Radio Radio 2 Chris Evans. <laughs> do you mean Top Gear Chris Evans? <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, God. I forgot you even did that show. Yeah, Top Gear Chris Evans. Yeah, so Ginger, Ginger Chris Evans. He's, a, he's Ginger Chris Evans without the glasses. Um, and uh, he's a... he's a, this, this was such a weird book for me to understand when I was reading it at like 12 in, uh, in 2003 or whatever it was. Um, so he's, he's the only Man United fan in his school and the rest of them are Liverpool fans. And he gets okay. ripped on constantly for being a United fan and not being a Liverpool fan. And it's yeah, just some standard nonsense about he falls in love with the new girl, but she fancies the really cool guy who looks just like Michael Owen. And um, that was my first real... You know, start on the journey of understanding how big Man United Liverpool was. No way. That's weird that. <laughs> you got that from a book. Yeah. <laughs> a funny yeah, story good. is that my, um, I had a friend who lived in... Uh, my cousin had a friend who lived near him and he moved to Toxteth, which oh, is... Oh, Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the roughest parts of Liverpool. Very... Very scary place at night. You, one of those places you don't walk around unless you kind of know where you're going and shit in case you get lost. Is, that, is Rooney from Toxteth or am I making that up? Is what? Is Rooney from Toxteth or am I making that up? <laughs> Sorry, Toxteth. <laughs> well, what is it? Toxteth. With like, like it's with a U. Ah, uh, yeah, Toxteth. It's with an E. It's with an E. Well, I say it like it's with a U. Toxteth. <laughs> <laughs> um, Talk Seth, old boy. Uh, well, I come from Hammersmith. <laughs> mm. <laughs> um, what was I saying? And he was a United fan, and his family, his dad got a job in Liverpool, and they moved to Toxteth. So he, like, first night, got all this United stuff up in his window, 
next morning woke up and like his front of his house was covered in paint and eggs and everything. Because <laughs> the local scouters had just wrecked the front of the house because they like, had like all his United garb up. Ah, good, good banter. And that's another aspect of of like fandom that I don't think is translated over over the other side of the Atlantic. Like, yeah, for sure. I suppose because the because the major teams are spread out so far, like you don't you don't get people you know get that sort of fan interaction necessarily. I mean, like in all the major sports, I mean, God, there's not as many rivalries across all four major sports in America as there is in footy, and and I'm like like combined. There's, I can like Yankees Red Sox is a big rivalry, Canadians well not even Canadians Bruins anymore. What what do those games mean now? Nothing. But no, it's, it's still a historical rivalry though, isn't it? I know, but like, ev- dude, every season if it's Man U Liverpool, you think, oh shit, Man U Liverpool, awesome. Or if it's Barca Madrid, oh cool. Or if like say Arsenal Tottenham, Newcastle Sunderland, like you kind of think, oh, I might watch that. That'd be pretty cool. But even like Canadians brilliant, I'm not like, fucking hell, Canadians tonight, here we go. I'm just like, yeah, we've got the Canadians, all right. Because <laughs> they're not very good. So it doesn't really mean anything. And then what? American football? There's like, okay, there's some. I mean, Cowboys, Redskins is meant to be big, but it's not that big anymore because the Cowboys aren't very good. Redskins aren't very good. Well, like Giants, Jets, like. Yeah. Yeah, but even that. Like, even the, even like, like, it's like Rangers, Devils or fucking. Um, Rangers, Rangers, Rangers or it's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, like, all right, yeah, they're in the same city, but so what, really? You know, doesn't seem to be that kind of needle. That's the word I was looking for, needle, that you get with like all the footy rivalries. And I'm not sure why that. I'm not. I don't know why that is. When it like with with footy, it goes all the way down, all the way down the leagues. Like, I remember you know going to going to games when I was a boy and like. You know, Margate Ramsgate, massive rivalry. Hermay Ramsgate, Hermay Margate, like it's all. You know, these are, yeah. you know, the non leagueiest of non league teams, but there's still that vitriol between the fan bases of, you know, yeah, they're not even 20 geezers either side. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah, they're completely amateur, complete amateur teams, and it's they're still there. Like the one we good had... striker who bangs in 20 goals gets £50 an appearance. Like, yeah. I know, and it and it got like Nottingham Forest, Notts County, Ipswich, Norwich, like these get like Derby, cool. Notts Forest, like fucking hell, Derby, Notts Forest looks insane. Well, and I'm like, it's Ips, just Ipswich, Norwich. It's funny you mention that because like my uh, my father-in-law used to run a um, oh, what's the bloody word? Like uh, like works clothing and equipment company. So it's oh, okay, all like yeah. high vis jackets, protective boots, hard hats, all that sort of nonsense. Uh, obviously yeah. based out of Norfolk, like he was just on the edge of Norwich. So he had some clients in Suffolk and he had a um had a client in Ipswich specifically and um he they needed like a whole new set of gloves for their workforce, I forget what they did. So he, he you know went around, got these got these gloves from, from his supplier, had them shipped into him, didn't open the boxes because why would you? Sent them off to, to his client. Um he gets a call off the off the customer when they've received him saying, "Like, Bob, is this a is this a joke? Is this a fucking joke?" He's like, "No, what? What do you mean? Is there something wrong with the gloves?" Like, "Yeah, they're yellow and green, yellow and green being the uh, Norwich colours." <laughs> Norwich, and, yeah, yeah, colours of Norwich. And he's saying, "Yeah, my my boys won't wear them." Was, and like, you know, he completely understood straight away. Like, "Oh God, I'm sorry." Like, send it back yeah. and get you some different ones. 
face like it's that much like they won't touch anything that's yellow or green like it's I know it's crazy absolutely mad absolutely mad and these are two teams that haven't been relevant in the in the grand scheme of things in decades oh god yeah I mean Ipswich last time Ipswich were really relevant was like the late 70s so when bloody uh, Les Ferdinand was there there. Well, Bobby, yeah, Bobby Robson was the manager, mm. you know, and you just think, Jesus, but you just don't seem to get, I mean, I'm clearly there are fans out there who are like that, you know, there are clearly Islanders fans who hate the Rangers and the Devils or, you know, whatever, um, but you just don't, you know, like when it's a footy game, it's like everybody, everyone in that stadium hates that other team, but with the American sports, you just don't, you don't feel it, it's just not the same, it's not as scary, maybe, is the thing, <laughs> like Celtic Rangers, yeah. Pretty scary. Derby Forest, pretty scary. <laughs> you know, Maggie Liverpool, yeah, pretty scary. It's the thing where even though hooliganism isn't anywhere near as prevalent as it was, there's that history hanging over of like, oh yeah, yeah. back in the day you got shanked if you went to this game. Like, I don't want that to happen yeah. today. Am I going to get a Stanley knife across my arse cheek so I can't sit down for a week? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. I like- I think I think Millwall are the perfect example of the difference between UK well football fandom full stop and God yeah yeah any other sport like this is a team that is notorious like the team itself not not to play not any specific rivalry just the team no. like do not mess with that team because they are their fans are nutters yeah one of their songs they chant is no one likes us and we don't care. <laughs> Fucking hell. What well, one of the best chances in the history of chance, isn't it? Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Oh, anyway, a little diversion there. <laughs> little, little <laughs> half an hour diversion, nothing major. Um, nothing major. Uh, so in retrospect, we like the Will Carlson deal, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we do, because it, it, you know, nobody's going to get a standing knife across the cheek for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Across the boom cheek. Oh, yeah, it's it's good. It's it's Vegas taking advantage of one last year where yeah, I think Will Carson's gonna be a really interesting note next year. He's probably not gonna score forty goals again. Probably not gonna get to, seventy though. points. I want him to. To see but... what he gets paid. I I want him to score forty goals again. I want him to do exactly what he did this season. Exactly. If they don't have to win the cup, that's fine. You know, that's fine. That's fine. But I want him to score 40 goals. I want him to score 40 goals, get 35 assists and, you know. But then he's probably, he's probably going to get eight years, 64 million. He does it two years in a row. Fair enough. But I want to see that. I want to see what they do. I, I still see think, what happens if he does it. I still think it's a hard decision, though. Don't you? Like, Because ultimately, he's still only going to... No, have... not for two seasons, right? Like, one's a four, two, like... Yeah, but... I don't know, you think about the, the amount of players that have had a couple of really good seasons and then just died off. Like your, your, yeah, Danny, does two... your Danny Heatley's, your Bobby Ryan. I, like... I knew you were going to say Danny Heatley. I just well, knew. Because Danny Heatley's the poster <laughs> child for it. Like, and Danny Heatley didn't, he didn't have two good seasons. He had a string of quality seasons. And now, I don't know what he's doing. I, I he's, he's sucking off people for 30 quid a go. Like, it's... <laughs> Citation needed. Um, Citation needed. Allegedly. You, you, you can't bank it. Even if he has two goal, two seasons of 40 goals plus, like 70 points plus, you cannot bank on the fact that he's going to carry on like that. Yeah, but then you can't let, a two, you can't let 40, two 40 goal seasons just walk away. You'd be mad to do that. 
Oh yeah, you got to pay him. But <laughs> you got to pay him. Wait, you can't just be I'll... like. Yeah, Wouldn't but you do for three. It. Let's find out. Another one year deal. Like what? <laughs> Fuck off. We're gonna give you money. gonna give you another one day one year deal and it's gonna be less. Can you do it again when you haven't got the money? That's what I wanna say. Like, yeah. He's just signed the one year deal for five point two five and he goes to the meeting and they're like, Okay, so obviously another forty goal season, great work. We're gonna make you an increase in an offer, okay? They just slide the piece of paper across the table. It's one year at five point five now. So he gets like a two hundred and fifty grand raise. <laughs> We've upped our bid. Come on, we mean business. <laughs> Can like, you do it with a wooden stick, though, William? <laughs> We've got Stan Makita's old stick. If you can do it with that, that's fine. <laughs> Perfect. But this is against uh, NHL regulations. Yeah, well, that's another uh, challenge you're going to have to overcome. We want players <laughs> yeah. in our squad that, you know, they've got a bit of grit, bit of toughness, stand up in, the, uh, in the hard situations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Of course, he'd get paid if he does it again. He'd have to, but I'd, I'd want to see how much. But then, then what if he flops this year? And he has like forty points. Well, then yeah, I guess that's the that's the interesting thing, there, isn't it? I guess maybe that's more interesting because now you've got a guy who can do it. But then you would think this year as well. He's again, it's contract. It, essentially, it's another it's a, another contract year. He's playing for another contract. It might not be with the Knights, but you know, he's playing for another another payday. To get the big one, like to get the okay, this is my set for life deal, and that's it, kind of thing. That's two hundred and fifty grand raise. Yeah, yeah. Good news, honey. I got a raise. <laughs> that is he, to stay um... in Vegas. Might you might pull a Panarin? You never know. But I don't know Vegas. Well, it's, it's weird though because like Vegas, I don't think is necessarily that big city like it's a big city but the big bits are all the super touristy bits so so yeah. i don't think it's necessarily in that, that um class with like new york and los angeles sort of thing yeah yeah but i, I wonder how much you know if there's any semblance of loyalty that that certain players feel to you know william carlson being the prime example feel to the knights in that right you've given yeah. me my, my opportunity i've been able to shine underneath you is there any part of those players that is like, right, I wanna I'll I'll ride or die for Vegas sort of thing? Well, I guess if he gets paid enough, then yeah. <laughs> you know yeah, if they keep throwing one year deals at him, probably not. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing, so yeah. Alright, yeah. I don't want any middle ground this year from William Carlson. I want to be either a fucking amazing or absolute trash. There can't yeah, be any like he can't get like sixty points or like sixty five. He needs to get like eighty points or twenty, and I'll, yeah. then I'll be happy and excited. He's he's got to either be two thousand and seven Danny Heatley or two thousand and sixteen <laughs> Andre Kopitar. No. He's got to be two thousand and seven Danny Heatley or two thousand and eighteen Danny Heatley. <laughs> Either way, he's got to be some like form you said. He's now yeah. He's now performing sexual favours on various men for cash. <laughs> cash in hand. No one said it was just men. Oh, God. Well, that's true. That's true. You get more money for that, though, I reckon. Wouldn't you? <laughs> As a guy? Surely. Potentially. It depends, uh, it depends you know, if you've got... <laughs> if any porn stars are listening, can you please let me know? Do you get, do you get like, extra money if you have sex with men? Well, there's that Louis Theroux um, documentary about... Um about gay porn oh, stars yeah. and like a lot of them are saying yeah I'm not gay but the money's good so yeah I've watched you know what I've watched that for years yeah you must be then yeah you must do yeah I don't know if it's got much rewatch value <laughs> so 
So you're proving Danny Heatley not doing too bad then, you know. He's <laughs> doing right. You're oh, still making, making a living. Oh, what have you done to the poor man? Jesus. <laughs> Just assassinated his character. I'm going to say Thanks. Danny Heatley has retired. Cause, uh, from from gay porn or hockey? <laughs> uh, I can't comment on the former, but it does seem he's retired from the latter. Because he, hasn't, oh, he hasn't, well, there we go. hasn't had a recorded professional season since 2016. But he played in the DEL. Oh, yeah. For the old Ice Tigers. Didn't even score a point per game out there, so uh, yeah, that sums up how far he's fallen. No disrespect to the DEL. Of course. Mm. Um should we get on to I wanna I wanna save the sense to all the uh to all the end. To the end. Uh, yeah. We, the we've end already done show. over an hour <laughs> talking about Danny Heatley. Being a red boy. <laughs> well, well, again, t- we'll do two more things then. So we'll do, uh, yeah, we'll save the sense after this. Uh, the big trade, big trade. Jeff Skinner, come on, dude. Oh shit, we, we yeah. Like a, yeah, we got a. Uh, it's, it's been it's been almost a week since anything has happened. So forgive yeah. me for forgetting that things have happened. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the names banded about, obviously, along with uh, Panarin, Carlson. Um, who did the one? There was another. Max Pacioretty. Oh, that was it. Max Pacioretty, and there was a uh, Jeff Skinner, and he has been traded to the uh, to the Buffalo fucking Sabers. The Hurricanes, Hurricanes get so the uh, Sabers get Jeff Skinner. Hurricanes get uh, Cliff Shit, uh, a second hey. next year. And uh, sorry, Cliff Dung. I don't know. <laughs> Cliff Manure, Cliff Poo, uh, and then a second next year, and a third and a sixth the year after. Um, First off, thoughts on the trade? Um, Value-wise. Good for the Sabres. Awful for the Hurricanes. Like, surely yeah, that's surely not, Jeff Skinner's yeah. worth more than... Like, Cliff Poo might... I think he's a relatively average prospect from my understanding of him. Like, he's not going to be... You'd be lucky Decent, if he turns into... Yeah, yeah, he's, he's probably going to make the NHL. Probably not going to be a top-six player. Might be a decent third-liner at some point. Yeah, there are worse prospects to have in the system. Um, yeah. Second round picks all right, but I suppose it depends on how you look at things because ultimately they've got three rolls of the dice, three three uh, three draft picks. Yeah, a second and a third, decent level draft picks, and a sixth. And ultimately, anything can happen out of those three. You could get three, you know, thirty goal scorers out of those, or you could get, you know, nothing. So. Yeah, it depends on how you look at it, whether you want to buy three £1 scratch cards or one £5 scratch card. It depends on what you think is, is more likely to get you success sort of thing in the fact that they haven't got a first, but they've got a lot of draft picks. So, yeah, I mean, it's not an awful deal, but I think you would have been able to get more out of Jeff Skinner. I was amazed there wasn't a first in there somewhere. Like, Amazed. Even conditional or something, but but still, you got them four sure assets worth... for one because they didn't send anything apart from Skinner over to Buffalo, did they? They didn't swap picks. Or no, anything. no, no. So you got four assets for one player who's on the last year of his deal. Am I making that up? I suppose. I suppose. And but when you look at it, obviously, you know, it's not that black and white. But when you look at it like that, that's that's fine, especially if you think that. He's been a bit of a scapegoat in Carolina. They clearly wanted to move on from him. 
there are true, true. there are much worse deals out there. But I, I, I think you're right. You'd have thought that, you know, he'd he'd have been worth a first Ancliffe Poo, say. But um, yes, it's about the yeah. different schools of thought. Do you want more or do you want less? You know, quality over quantity, sort of thing. But you think even that second, you could have said, okay, if we get to the, I don't know, if we get to the conference game this year, it's a first. If not, it stays a second. Are they going to get there? Yeah, maybe not. But at least maybe try and put it in there somewhere. But that that's the thing I always think with any of these sorts of trades, like why aren't there more conditions put on the draft picks? Like like with the yeah. Peter Mrazic trade last year where there was a thousand and one different conditions that yeah. that I thought was going to set the precedent for, for trades moving forward. Yeah, yeah. Just put them in, because why not, kind of thing. Yeah, ab- absolutely, because for... Um, sorry, my brain's absolutely stopped here. Cause... <laughs> I thought I'd leave you then just to see how long we could go. <laughs> that silence. Just keep that silence and be like, what am I saying? Conditions, Pete Mrazek trade. Yeah, there, there you go. Like, so for, be... <laughs> I was trying to think about how does go. it how does it benefit Carolina if Buffalo go to yeah so. <laughs> Yeah, for for Buffalo, if if Skinner turns out to be a fantastic player, yeah, they've had to pay more for for a great player. If not, then they pay what they've already paid. So yeah, exactly. But it, it hasn't happened, and and I imagine that it's not going to happen anymore. Really, well, it's going to happen on a few, but it's not going to suddenly be the new the new norm sort of thing. No. Um. We uh we talk about rebuilds quite often and changing things around and making moves. Um, fucking shout out to the Sabres who, I mean, literally a year ago, this team and well, especially this squad now looks completely different. Um, I think they've done a really good job, a really good job. I understand, All right? They've had a Jeff Skinner, great player. Fair enough. They get Darlene in the draft. Yeah, there's some there's some luck involved there. Um. But, you know, you kind of make your own luck, I guess. And, you know, fair enough, they've got them and that's it. You've added new players. You had Shiri, Sabotka, Berglund. Um, a few people are high on Tage Thompson. Add to that Jack Eichel, Casey Middlestat. Like, they've now also got, depending on conditions, four firsts over the next two years. I mean, so, I mean, God, not even this time last That's all happened since the trade deadline last season. Which is, I think they deserve some credit to... To change everything. Um, no one's saying, you know, no one's saying, oh, like, you know, Patrick Berglund or Vlad Sabotka is going to set the world on fire, but you're just trying to change the dynamic of the room. You're trying to change maybe the way people think or the way people do things. So you add, what, like four or five new players and you add this young guy, you know, meant to be like this fucking, the next Eric Carlson basically coming out of the draft. Do you... You've accrued some draft picks and especially after losing Ryan O'Reilly, I think, I think they've done a really good job. I think it's interesting judging teams that have been through multiple rebuilds with multiple um, management sort of groups, as the Sabres have. Like they've gone through through Tim Murray and who's the um, who's the GM before Jason Botterell? Was it Tim Murray? I feel like oh, there was someone. I feel like there was someone in between, but I might be making that yeah, up. So do I. So do I. Anyway, uh, go on. It, Either way, they've they've basically been in rebuild mode since 2013, let's say, five years ago. Yeah. 
Um, and yeah, it's it's hard to hard to judge a team. You know, it's it's hard to not judge. Um, just says by his name, Jason Botterell, based off of what's happened previously, even though he had no hand in it whatsoever. It's it's easy to look at the Sabres and say, yeah, they've been rebuilding for five years and they're still at the bottom of the pile. But like you say, realistically, in the year that Jason Botterell's had on the job, he's, in theory, touch wood if you're a Sabres fan, turned this team around. He's brought in some really legitimate yeah. young NHL talent that could really turn this team, you know, take them to the next level sort of thing. Again, through the draft, Casey Middlestat, uh, Rasmus Darlene, I was going to call him bloody Ryan Darlene, um, Rasmus Darlene, and then you think they've Ryan still Darlene. got Ryan Darlene out of uh, Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. And again, they've still got, like, Alex Nylander could still turn out to be something, like, um, Sam Reinhardt isn't a player that you turn your nose up at. No. They're... But again, it's, it's hard with the Sabres because they're looking like a team that... that could really do some damage but then we thought that a couple of years ago when they had like Evander Kane and they brought in Carla Poso uh, Zach Bogosian and, and players like that so it's I think they're going to be much better this year than they have been for, for a long time but it's still tempered expectations based on the false starts they've had in the last few years it's true that's very true um Again, though, I have to just quickly because it's just my go-to all the time now. The Sabers have done have done this in when was the trade deadline? When's the trade deadline? Uh, end of February, March. start of March. Yeah, so six months. March. They've done this in six months, and the Canucks are still like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> no different draft picks. Fucking Jay Beagles, <laughs> left, right, and center. Meanwhile, the Sabers have added what one, two, three, four. Uh, five players, four players, five players, and then obviously through the draft, you know, two young guys have now got four firsts over the next two years, which they they could even flip those into other players if they want to. Um, you know, it's uh, it is funny. It is funny. Yeah, but the the Canucks turned um turned Thomas Vanek into Tyler Mott. So that's so, yeah, <laughs> that's that's good, isn't it? Isn't that good? <laughs> oh god. Jesus and now they've got Jim Christ. Benning pulling double duty as well. <laughs> Which is just another great idea. Oh, mate. Oh. Fucking hell. Well he's he's just a puppet of that of the Aquilinis, isn't he? Yeah. He just quickly he meant he said he had to make a statement, didn't he, saying he had no he had no involvement in Trevor Linden getting the getting the can. Um Which again, you know, read into that what you will. I guess. No, nobody, nobody was asking Jim. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey Jim, it's the uh, it's the Vancouver Inquirer on the phone. Oh really? Put him on. Hey Jim, we've got a quick question for you here. I had nothing to do with Trevor Linden. I wasn't going to say that, Jim. Okay. Let's <laughs> just uh, make a couple of notes here. Yeah, that's another story they run with. Speaking of teams, Will, that are. <laughs> Speaking of teams, full stop. Oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, all right. Your 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 hockey knowledge is better retained than mine. Is there a team? Can you remember a team over the past few years who've been as much as I put on the preview picture for Two Bits on Puck as much as a bonfire as the Senators are right now? 
Um, I'm going to say on the ice, yes. Oh, Um, yeah. I'm talking whole package. Oh, yeah. Off the ice and whole package. Absolutely not. And it's not even close. Like, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. It's even gotten to the point where little things like Mark Stone signing a one-year contract in arbitration are just like, it's just another nail in the Senator's coffin that's already four feet into the ground and for some reason people are still nailing nails into them. Um, yeah, the coffin's already down there, but they've still got like a higher powered nail gun to just get the nails through the dirt and into the coffin even further. Yeah, as fast as they can. I don't know who's in the coffin. I think it's uh, I think it's Pierre Dorian and Eugene Melnick is like lowering it down, just cackling. Saying thanks to the service. Like, oh my god, there's so much wrong. There's so much wrong. How how do you get to a point where you're you're as a franchise and you're staring down the barrel of losing your three best and potentially three only good players leaving it as free agents at the end of the year? And that's you know, obviously, worst case scenario. Ideally, you trade them and actually get something for them. But either way, you're looking at the at the possibility of starting next season without your three best players. That's just mind boggling to me. And and how do you get? Go on. I was going to say the only thing that'd be more insane to me is if any of those three players actually decide to stay and re up with the Sabers. Uh, not the Sabers. Yeah, I've still got the Sabers in front of me. The Senators. The Senators. Absolutely, yeah. If any of those, if Carlson, uh, Stone, or Duchesne decide to stay there, there is something clearly wrong with them psychologically. <laughs> I mean, clearly. To the point where if they decide they want to stay, they shouldn't be signed. The Senate should be like, no, you're all right. What's wrong with you? There's, <laughs> like, there's obviously some personality defect there. Yeah. Even P.I. Durham would be like, no, you're okay. Because you're clearly a complete psychopath, so we're not going to do that deal. Well, how do you get to a situation where at the start of the 2021 season, you have three players on your books, as of today? But to to be honest, from the Senators' point of view, that's probably a good thing, isn't it? (laughs) Fucking hell. It's about we've got three. let Let me try to think. So one of those three players is Cody Cece? No. No? No. Alright, so one of them is Bobby Ryan. <laughs> yes. Um Who are Zach Smith? Yes. Good shout. There you go. There you go. Bit of a deep cut there. One more. One more. Uh... I'll be very impressed if you get this one. Oh, okay, okay. Um <laughs> Michael Bodka. Nope. Oh, Marion Gabrick. Yeah, there we go. Second three. Second job. That's it. That, yeah, that like yeah, it's, it's a it's a double edged sword. It's good that you've only got three of this current roster, but they are probably three of the worst players you could have on your on your <laughs> roster still. And they're trying to get rid of one of them at all costs. Like, please take Bobby Ryan. Please. I will literally anything, shoot anything. myself in the leg if you trade for Bobby Ryan, please. Yeah. I was thinking, like, even the Avs, you know, two years ago, were fucking abysmal. And they were they were just awful. But there wasn't all this in the background going on. 
like yeah, like you say, on the ice, yeah, there's been terrible. T- there is every year. There's, ter- there's teams you look at and just think, oh my god, what are you doing? You can't do anything. You know, you can't score, can't defend. Your goal is shite. Everyone's fucking just looks lethargic and bored. You're at the playoffs by fucking November. <laughs> you just don't care. I like, fine. That by the end of preseason. Year. Yeah, that happens every year. But oh my god, I mean, three players at the start of the 2021 season, like. Your three best players want to leave. You can't seemingly now. They can't. This Eric Carlson thing is fucking insane. It's Eric Carlson, and they've just fucked this up so badly that they can't get rid of Eric Carlson. They're just like, they they're so dumb. Is that you know what? Yeah, you you know what? You're totally right about Jeff Skinner. I was surprised that they didn't get a first. But you're absolutely right. They've got four pieces. They've got four rolls of the dice, essentially, for one player who they probably weren't going to keep anyway. Fuck's sake. Like, they're st- they're, they've got to still be on this case of, like, we need a blue chipper. We need Well, we need, we need the going rate. We need a blue chipper. We need a first. And we need a player who can replace him right now. You're not going to get that because everyone in the world of hockey knows that he wants out. and you're wanting, And you're trying to get rid of him. You you've it's got the like, best like, the best defenseman oh, in the God. game, um, former Norris Trophy winner, all that nonsense, and teams are saying to you, "Now we're not going to trade you that." Yeah, we'll just wait. I I don't want to I don't want to sign him now because your asking price is too high. We'll just wait and duke it out with everyone else when he hits free agency. It's fucking insane that they can't get a deal done for Eric Carlson. And why would they? Because, like you say, like, uh, oh, God, uh, fucking thingy from the stars. Uh, Heis- is it Heiskanen? They wanted to yeah. the stars? Yeah. Like, by all intents and purposes, I mean, because, again, I don't follow the stars, but by all intents and purposes, this guy is fucking gold. I mean, like, the stars are just like, no, you're not even fucking Heiskanen and a first and another player. <laughs> like, fuck off. I'm not doing that deal. Not for Eric. No, not for a guy who's, like, you know, 28, 29. He's probably going to want like some kind of like insane contract. No, and instead the senators are just sticking to their guns, like fucking just madness, madness. And that's the thing now; they've created such a shit show in the background. They've created such a shit show in the background that any player that even like wants to leave the senators, like even if it's Matt Duchesne or fucking or Cody Cece or I don't know whoever, if they're saying, "Well, we'll put him on the trade block," teams are not going to give you what you want. Because they know that they want to leave. Because in the background, it's such a hellhole. It's not like if you've got a good team in the background that you can say, oh, well, we can actually kind of strong arm them a bit here because it's a good place to play. No. Like, this place now is burning to the ground. I cannot imagine how many fans are going to turn up to those games. I mean, like I say, yeah, compounded on top of that is like the whole thing that... The stadium's fucking. The, the arena's fucking miles away, and they're you know trying to do secret deals where they can kind of get people in, and like everyone hates the owner, like everyone just hates the franchise as a whole. Now it seems like even the fans are just like, oh fuck this place, and oh my god, it's just a disaster. It's I've, a disaster. I've never seen anything like it in no me neither. any any facet of life like. Yeah, even even ignoring sports, full stop. I've never seen like a company end up like this. I've never seen. It's like, can you take a franchise onto Jeremy Kyle? Because I feel like they need to. 
But <laughs> some people might not get that reference. Jeremy Kyle is basically Jerry Springer, but even more trashy. Like it's our version of Jerry Springer, but not as entertaining. It's just council estate, dropout, dross. Like I get the thing with England that we have bad teeth. Like you should see the teeth on Jeremy Kyle. They are yeah, they, they are the teeth. example. So I should give you some. Yeah, yeah. They're they're the people who, when they show the British Book of Teeth, it's all people off Jeremy Kyle. It's all those people. You like face tattoos, not even a big deal. Whatever, I've got a face tattoo. Yeah, I'm on Jeremy Kyle. Who cares? Um, yeah, the sends are on Jeremy Kyle. <laughs> like, every day. <laughs> Eugene Melnick's just, like, sat opposite fucking Eric Carlson. They're arguing about some, like, fucking... Someone's stolen 20 quid off. off the top of the telly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just awful. But it's, it's interesting that you I mentioned mean, the... Um, you you mentioned the the avalanche Dan and um and their sort of turnaround uh, or rather how bad they were a couple of years and then in turn their turnaround to making the playoffs and, and being you know on the cusp of, of being a very good team again and I think the avalanche and the devils this year have made such a sort of they've set a really weird bar for other GMs where I think there are plenty yeah. of other GMs of bad teams it's Especially Pierre Dorian of the Ottawa Centres, who are going to say, well, look, the Avalanche and the Devils went from being non-factors to making the playoffs in seemingly overnight. Why can't we do it too? And I think that's really dangerous thinking. Really dangerous. Because the thing about the Avalanche and the Devils, while their old ice product wasn't very good for a few years, they weren't stuffed on the on like the contract side of things. Yeah. Like they had a lot of bad players, but they were players that were easily jettisoned by just waiting a season and letting them get to get to unrestricted free agency or whatever. You could get rid of those players easily. They didn't end up with players like Bobby Ryan, who's on like seven million a year for the next twenty five years. Yeah, you know, they haven't <laughs> deliberately gotten hold of Mikhail Bodker and Marion Gabrick, who are similarly on like a hundred million dollars per season for the next hundred years. Like they. Sure, the on-ice product was arguably just as bad as the Sens have been last season a couple of years ago, but the composition of the team wasn't as hamstrung as Ottawa are. So it's it's that problem of looking at, right, well, we had the similar number of points as the Devils did in 2015. In a couple of years, we'll be in the playoffs. No, it doesn't fucking work like that, Pierre. It's not no. out of, like, you've, you've fucked yourself too much. Or Eugene has. And that's the thing I've said before is like when we're talking about Eric Carlson, maybe, you know, was he going to Tampa, was he going to Dallas and they couldn't seem to get, seemingly get a deal done. The reason is, is that nobody, no one's going to give up their no trade clause to go to Ottawa. No. If you're like, if Eric, like, like we said, you know, how many times do you, did we see a player gets traded? Oh, well, you know, the player going the other way had to, you know, he had to, he had to forego his no trade, but he did it. Because, you know, he's going to there to play. Well, fine. Yeah, but no one's going to do that for Ottawa. Fucking, you think um, fucking Tyler Johnson's going to be like, yeah, all right, I'll I'll, I'll forego my no trade to go to Ottawa as part of the Eric Carlson deal. Yeah. I'll, I'll go and be the only player on the centres. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go and play, I'll go and play like on that four-pronged, like whole squad attack in 2021. I'll be a fourth player. Like, no, no player's going to do that because she's created such an acidic situation in that whole area. 
the, the only players you've got any chance of getting are players who've either A, not got a no trade, or like players who've got no other choice. And it, that's just, that's the crazy thing as well, is that they, like, no one's going to want to go there. Imagine if Carson had hit the hit the market even a year ago. Fuck. It'd be it'd be absolute carnage. It'd be like teams would be throwing their prospects at each other. Like we said after the um, you know after the after the Blackhawks won their third cup, what would have happened if they'd like said to it like okay yeah that's it Kane and Tra- Kane and Taves are on the block. We've got to cash in now because we'll yeah, never we're, do this again. We're blowing this shit up like everyone's available. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have after been surprised that, if you could have traded Carlson for Leon Dreisaitl straight up last season. <sighs> and and even then, you'd probably be asking Edmonton for more. Yeah, for sure. If they'd tra- if because remember, like again, <laughs> I don't know if you've heard this before, Will, but they were one goal away from the Stanley Cup fight. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> Imagine after that, imagine that off-season then, so they get to the conference final, one goal away, again, don't you've heard that or not, and then they say, right, Eric Carlson's available, what have you got? Fucking hell, could you imagine, it would have been a land rush. There would have been a murder. Yeah, there would. Like, people, like, GMs would have been taking, like, their grandkids, like, as well. Like, I'll give you this kid, as well. Like, one of the GMs would have been assassinated. Yeah, by sure. by another GM. Like he's just about to make the trade call, and bam, straight for the back of the head. Yeah, for an hexter for the nine millimeter. It's like they find like they find out that one of the GMs has got an amazing. He's got like all these players in the. I can't even think now of a team who had loads of players in the pipeline like two years ago. Probably but Tampa. Like, yeah, probably Tampa. Yeah, like Tampa's got like two awesome players in the pipeline. They're gonna give up, fucking, you know. They've got a first to give up, and a couple of play, you know. They've got it's like five, five awesome pieces, and then before you know it, fucking Steve Eisman's on the phone and just like pew like that. He's just like head on the fucking desk, blood everywhere. Steve, like, nope. Steve, 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 <laughs> Steve. And then like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then fucking, uh, they're like, hello, this is Don Sweeney. Yeah, this is Steve's phone. He can't come to the phone right now, but I've got an amazing proposition for you. Like, all right. Are you familiar oh with the work of Matt Barkowski or Adam Adam McQuaid? <laughs> yeah. Now, I don't know if you've heard of Matt Bolesky or not, but let me tell you something, <laughs> all right? <laughs> this guy's got everything. A high cap hit. <laughs> yeah. He, he can't play. He can't pass. He has he played an NHL game before. There you go. You'd have to bust out the old, uh, the old induction pack. <laughs> he knows where things are. Like he's used a stick. He's seen sticks. Can you believe he's seen sticks? He's got Can his own imagine? jersey number. Yeah, yeah. We gave him his own jersey. He's got his name on it. Can you believe that? Oh, you know, I know. But could you imagine after that, if they'd had any idea what was going to happen, they'd just say, "Yeah, the market for Carlson. Off you go." It'd be it'd be similar like, to. Um, oh my god! What? It would have been amazing. It'd have been like what they gave up to get Matt Duchesne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it would have been. It would have been. There would have been like six teams involved somehow, not just three. <laughs> like, <laughs> this team's taken $4 million a cap hit. This team's taken three players. Eric Carlson's gone here. Like, it would have been the most complicated trade ever. Just teams like trying to work each other out and jib each other out just to get this deal done. It would have been Vegas would have popped up and we'd been like, yeah, we'll retain half of his salary and take Bobby Ryan just to keep him out of the conference. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> but that's only so we can trade Bobby Ryan for Ryan Reeves in the future because we we need Ryan Reeves like we have to have him <laughs> like we need that guy oh god it's ridiculous and now they can't give him a, like they can't get a deal done for Eric Carlson who they might lose for nothing and Mark Stone and Matt Duchesne I, god I, I'm really excited for it to come out like you know, they don't trade Carlson, he ends up as a UFA, he just walks for nothing. And then we find out what sort of packages were on the table that Dorian turned down thinking he could get more. Because I, you know, yeah. sure, there are players at high skin and that aren't going to be on the table, but there are definitely going to be packages out there that are, they're not good, but it's better than nothing. Yeah. Like there'll, say, there'll be a first know. and some decent prospects on there. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Maybe not blue chippers, but you know, at least players who you think, yeah, he could definitely do a job. There's something there. We can we can work with him and you know, maybe he'll you know, maybe he'll turn into something. Give me a couple of those. Give me two of those. Give me two guys who you think, yeah, they're they're decent. They're decent. You know. Like a second and a third and maybe a player who's okay. Well look at I mean, look at the, the fucking um the Ryan O'Reilly deal. I mean that's kind of like perfect thing. All right, a fucking burglar and Bob going to set the world on fire? No, but they're trying to change the mentality around. They're trying to change that team around. Okay, let's get some more. Let's get some more squad guys in. Maybe they can do something. The you know? the problem with uh, the senators taking that sort of deal, like the the O'Reilly deal, um, is they don't need that kind of player. They need like because they haven't got anything to work with now. Especially if you if you assume that Stone and Duchesne are going to walk as well, like they haven't got yeah. anything. Like at least the Sabres had like uh, Eichel and Middlestat down the middle, and then a couple of other really good young players to build around. So they actually needed lower in the lineup guys. The Sens haven't got anything going for them apart from you know maybe Thomas Shabbat and Colin White, who might be a, a good centre in the future. They haven't got somebody coming in. So they <laughs> they're trying to sort of jumpstart their uh, their organization full stop yeah i know but like like we said you like that's it now teams know teams know now what the situation is they're not going to give up they're not going to give up anything like they're not going to give up any of their blue chippers you got to really. take what you can get now really haven't you yeah that's what i mean that's what i mean like that's what i'm saying like you know burgland sabotka whatever all right fine you know they're okay and that's what this kind of sabers kind of needed around that time and yeah, the Sens don't need that. The Sens need, all right, okay, almost a straight up Carlson for X player who's fucking awesome trade, but they're not going to get it because like no one wants to go there for one thing, but like the no trade, and then the Sens want so much more than that. And and, and teams just, know they don't have to give it up. Yeah. Two like, teams are now going to be like, you know what? Fuck it. We'll wait till the summer and we'll just fight it out. We'll fight it out. To an extent, the Senators need to just say, right, who's offering me a first and a half-decent prospect? I'll take it. Yeah. If there's a first-round pick in there, that's that's what they can get. They should absolutely now say, right, who's offering us a first for... Like, can can, can we get a first from somebody for Mark Stone? Great. Can we get a first from somebody for Matt Duchesne, Carlson, anybody? Because, like, right now, right now, like, this team is... Oh boy, this is something else. The likes of which and I can't ever remember seeing. Is it is it worth mentioning now that they don't currently have a first round pick? 
in 2019. Oh, God, I know as well. I know. Jesus. Yeah, they haven't even got a first round pick, have they? The abs have got that. <laughs> From the aforementioned Matt Duchesne. Oh, my God. I'm. I can't. <laughs> well, it's like it's like we were saying over WhatsApp this week. Like, um, we're so buzzing for you know the Avalanche to select Jack Hughes with with the bloody Senators <laughs> draft pick. Yeah, the Avs just bot- the Avs bottom out on purpose and get picks one and two because <laughs> it'd be awesome if they could just to rub it in. The Sens are going to be sh- yeah because the Sens are going to be shit anyway, and they go to the Western I- Conference final next year. Yeah, yeah. I just... I mean, I can't wait to see what happens with them this season. Because, there's, like I say, it's not just on ice. It's everything in the background. Everything in the background is such a disaster. And the only team I can... Th- unless, you know... Because I don't follow basketball and baseball enough to kind of really know what goes on. The only other team I can think of who's this poorly run in sports is the Cleveland Browns in American football who've just been dog shit for years and years and years. Always make mistakes. Always draft terrible quarterbacks at the draft. I've had loads of opportunities to get like great players. Always made the wrong choices. Or in football, a team like you know, like maybe Portsmouth or Coventry who've uh, just like, absolutely bombed out. At least with the Browns, it's sort of written into the constitution that they have to be a bad team. True, true. I mean, they're almost fighting God. Like, he just decides that they're bad and that's it. They have no choice. <laughs> this is like the Senators are doing. Like, yeah, they top all the way down. They've, uh, they've like, painted themselves into a corner in the room, but they've been painting with, like, fire or a very... <laughs> acid. Yeah, a very, very strong acid, so there's nothing of the room left. It's not... They can't just suck it up and walk through the wet paint. There's just nothing yeah. left. There's nothing at all. And now they've got a choice of either setting themselves on fire or setting what they're standing on on fire. And either way, it's going to end terribly. Yeah, they're on a they're on a Ferris wheel that's stuck at the top and it's on fire. So they shout help, but they can't decide whether to shout help, help, I'm stuck on a Ferris wheel or help, help, I'm burning to death. They're kind of just like, oh, like, what are we going to do? I suppose I'll do nothing. Yeah, I suppose I'll do nothing. And just dig my heels in. Because, like the dog in the meme, with their room on fire, this is fine. This is fine. Everything's okay. Yep, everything's okay. Christ. And again, it's interesting to watch. It's not my team, so I'm not, like, too downhearted. I'm more looking at it from the outside of kind of like, holy shit, what's going to happen? Sans fans. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I genuinely feel sorry for you. The diehard Sens fans that love their team, I, I have genuine sympathy for you because that whole organisation has just taken a massive shit on your chest and then slapped it with their hand. I, I feel... Fuck. It's oh. awful. I feel sorry for the fans, but at the same time, I just want to see it get worse. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oh God, Sens fans! I'm so sorry. It's it's like, like when I you're said, watching you know, like like dashcam footage and you see like a horrendous crash and you're like, oh my God, there's a person in there. But what if it sets on fire as well? It's <laughs> 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 so true. It's so true. Oh God. So it's just like me watching. I love watching air crash investigation, but. If it's one of the ones where 
the plane just lands. I'm like, oh, fuck off. Like, you're kidding, aren't you? <laughs> like, I'm watching it for that. There was a malfunction at 30,000 feet. Luckily, the captain brought the plane down and everyone survived. I'm like, oh, come on. Fucking bullshit. Not even like, one. Get out of there. Yeah. Where's the one, like, could an old lady even faint? Like, where's the one that, like, plows into another plane? That's what I want to see. Because that's real danger. <clears throat> God. It's true. It's true. But how can it get... Like, I don't even know how it can get worse. Like, how can it... I mean, all right, say, like, they break all records for a poor season. Like, lowest points, lowest goals, most goals conceded. Players go on strike somehow. I mean, how can it get worse? Um, Carlson for Tom Wilson. Because <laughs> mm. you need grit. You need grit. You've got to have that grit. Um got to have that grit. Matt he has got that intangible will. He's a, he's a point donator. Yeah. He's the point donator. <laughs> I'd, I'd, say, donator. I'd, say, uh, I'd say, like, back to Shane for Troy Brown, but he's been bought out. Um, but I'm thinking, I'm thinking, like, things that could legitimately happen. Like, how can it, like, I mean, legitimately, how can it legitimately get worse? At this well, point? I, I, th- I think the, the legitimate worst thing is if they win the draft lottery in Colorado, end up with that first overall pick. That is just going to be the most beautiful, melancholic uh, development that the NHL could have this year. Yeah, you're right. I mean, yeah, at the end of this, at the end of this season, yeah, that could be the start. I mean, that could be it. Stone's done, Duchesne's done, Carlson's gone. <laughs> they finish bottom. Colorado get the first pick. Oh my God. If, if, if we're going to be oh. honest, though, like, even if we don't get that crazy, because it, it would still be, even if they finished 31st, it's going to be, you know, chances are they're not going to have the first overall yeah. pick. Yeah. But, you know, without without there being some crazy, like, yeah, the sense pulling it all together and, and having a decent run and fin- finishing mid-table, wherever they finish, the, the, the Avalanche are going to have a top 10 pick, likely. And that's enough that the team in this position can't afford to give that up. It's it's going to be Seriously, sad no matter what. Few, I said this a few weeks ago. At this point, if you're a Sens fan, I mean, do you seriously want that team to just leave for the time being and then just get another one in like 20 years and try again when another area fails? Like, because what is there right now? There's, there's nothing on the horizon to say, you know what, all right, we're going to be shit for the next few years, but at least we've got this. Nope. Like, you're, you're looking I mean, five nothing. years out for when this team might be on the road to being fixed. I mean, literally, their, their only hope is that, you know, Eugene Melnick contracts some awful <laughs> fucking disease <laughs> and there's no Christ. organs left. There's no organs left for him to harvest in his, you know, in his ivory tower <laughs> like fucking Dracula. He hasn't got the, uh, he hasn't got the stem cells left. He's used them all. Like, that's I their mean, only hope. What's that, the, that's what, what we're all praying for. <laughs> yeah. That's what that's what Sense fans are praying for. They must be. What's the uh, what's your prediction for their opening home attendance? Twelve. Twelve thousand. <laughs> <laughs> no, no twelve. No, twelve. Twelve. Twelve thousand, really? Yeah, because I think they're still Canadians at the end of the day, aren't they? I suppose. Twelve thousand is still pretty damn low though, isn't it? <laughs> I don't know. The arena can't hold that many, can it? 
Yeah, but you, you've got it's a, not, it's not like it's a 50,000, it's like well, it's, their arena hold. Like, it's probably like an 18, 19. Nah, 18, 19, I reckon. 18, 19, and you're going to go 12? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go 12 because you've got to think about the, the amount of people that are going to turn up just to boo Melnick and like throw shite on the ice. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. It's a hate watch. Going, yeah, exactly. Going, actually, it's going to be... Do you know what? I'm going 19,000. Sold out. They're going, just going there to hate watch. <laughs> There'll be people in the streets trying to like a bloody playoff game. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. Like, it, like they won the cup final. <laughs> it's just like an angry protest. <laughs> it's like some Turkish fucking takeover or something. <laughs> a bloody military coup by Sens fans. <laughs> oh god, Sens fans, it's so bad. I'm so sorry for you. I'm so sorry for you. Oh god. It's gonna be a good year. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. I'm already hyped about some things this year, and the Sens is for sure one of them. For sure. It's and it's you know like what? Continuously. If, they, if they somehow pull out, if they somehow pull out all the stops and are really good, I'm gonna be devastated. <laughs> I'm gonna be crushed. They have to be terrible. They're they're the to please me. Yeah, they're the the main team that I don't want to succeed. Like mm. any any rivalries aside, I just don't want to see the Sens do well. Yeah, because <clears throat> I just want to keep watching it burn because it's just the best. Oh God, Sens fans, I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. That's awful. Oh up. Christ! All right, let's, let's get call, out of here. Let's call it a day, shall we? Yeah, let's call it a day. After our twenty-five minute deep dive again on the sends somehow. And here's the thing: we keep having to do deep dives on the sends because it keeps getting worse. <laughs> like if they turn it around, there's nothing to talk about. If like Mark Stone says, "I'm going to stick with this team and see what they do," all right, fair enough. We'll, we'll probably laugh at him for a little bit, but well, well played. You know, well played. <laughs> Matt Duchesne does the same. Eric Carson does the same. Suddenly, players want to sign with them because he's got these three great players there. And I'm like, oh, the Sens are kind of going to be an okay team now. What is that to talk about? But no, it keeps getting worse. So we keep talking about them. Ugh. If you want to talk about the Sens, then please get in touch with us on Twitter. Uh, at Dan Straits Edge, Will, you are at W E V E V E R E T T. And the at Two Brits, One Puck, and number two, number one. Cheers, folks. Uh, yeah. Another good episode this week. Well, any last words? Um, my my heart is gonna break if Eric Carson resizes the Senators. I'll I'll probably cry. Yeah, if any if any part of this doesn't work out as exactly as I want it, I'll be devastated. So Mark Stone has to leave. Mike Shane has to leave. Eric Carson has to leave, and the Abs have to get at least a top five pick. <laughs> if one of those, if any one of those things actually doesn't happen, I'll be I'll be so upset. I'll be so upset. I'm, I'm more interested in the sense failure than the star success this season. <laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Because <laughs> I like look, the Bruins are fucked. We're not going to sign anybody because we've got too many bad contracts. And like the Lightning are awesome now. The Sabers have got better. The Leafs are awesome. Even if we get to the playoffs, which we might not, we're not going to do anything. So fuck it. I'm now all in on the sense disaster rather than the <laughs> rather than the Bruins being good. Yeah, but we're not we're not fans of teams anymore. We're just anti sense fans. <laughs> it's not even anti sense fans. It's like I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's not like anti hope. It's I'm just pro disaster. To uh, to <laughs> yeah, to, some some men just want to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I do. Oh God! All right, let's get out of here. Take it easy, folks. We'll talk to you soon. See you later. Peace.